knows those Everybody knows those knows Everybody knows those And if you don't know now you know Yeah you guys welcome to the first episode with Dozer Dave on Dozer Radio Oh my gosh, we got a great show for you guys today. Um, but first of all, I want to um, thank my sponsors. Um, we've got Soundwave Music, which is in Kona. It's uh, these guys got guitars, amps, ukuleles, drums, and percussion, sound, lighting, recording gear. They do rentals for all kinds of concerts and anything that you guys can think of. These guys have got it all. You guys can go to www.soundwavemusickona.com or give them a call at 808-326-2297. Also, I want to thank uh, Kona Boys. Kona Boys has all the greatest surf gear that you need here in Kona on the Big Island, from stand-up paddle boards to surfboard rentals to all kinds of killer gear. They've also got a website, konaboys.com. Go check it out. Get all kinds of good stuff and just tell them Dozer sent you and you'll get 15% off. Um, also, Hurley Clothing, top of the line in surf gear. These guys got all the top stars out there, John, John Florence, and the names just go on and on and on. And I swear to God, I wear these clothes everywhere I go. The board shorts are just mental. They've got that four-way stretch and the wetsuit. So, yeah, I love it. Um, but let's get right down to business. We have a special guest today, and I am so excited. This guy is one of my good friends, and I'm really, really proud to have him as my first guest of this first episode of Debauchery. And he has, uh, he's ready. He's cracking a beer as we speak. Crack it up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Garrett Dutton here, and, and if you guys don't know who Garrett Dutton is, Garrett is the singer. He is AKA G Love from G Love and the G-Love. Special Sauce. Yeah. And this guy is awesome. He's one of the best humans I've ever met. He's, oh, shucks. Yeah. He's got <laughs> one of the best. Dude, you do. You have one of the best hearts yeah. that I know. And you've always been there for me. You've been such a great friend. You've got the prettiest blue eyes in, <laughs> in, in, in rock and roll. And let me say that in a heterosexual, Blood straight shot way. Bloodshot and blue. <laughs> But I'm going to give you a little history. Debauchery. Debauchery, man. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a little history on G. And, uh, you know, he's born and raised in Philly. Um, he currently resides in Boston, where Tom Brady and Giselle live. You know, I think you're, what, next door neighbors with them, right? Down the street. Right down the street. Yeah, you guys wave at each other from while you're taking a crap or something. We live in the basement. They live in the penthouse, but we are neighbors. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> You know, G's got all kinds of killer accomplishments. He's got 20 records that he's done. Um, he's uh, debuted self-titled album went gold, right? Yeah, right off the bat, close to platinum now. Close to platinum. How's that? Uh, let's see. There's all kinds of stuff I got down here. It's Woodstock '99. You were on that record, and it went gold. Yeah. Um, you were on many Jack Johnson albums and um, two to be exact okay well, Curious George yeah. and Two to See and they both went platinum yeah um, you've sold over two million pushing three million records worldwide yeah that's crazy dude that is crazy oh my gosh tell us how you got started what's you know what got you into the music biz well um, and, and also describe your what do you think G Love and the Special Sauce sound is because a lot okay. of people out there don't know you. Yeah. Even though that you're, it, it, a lot of the people I talk to, 
you know, when I'm selling tickets to your shows and stuff like that, they're going, oh my God, I've seen G like eight times. You know, you're yeah. like one of the most popular underground artists, but still everybody knows who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess uh, G Love and Special Sauce, that we call our music the hip hop blues, um, which uh, I think an easy way to think of it is uh, kind of the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin meets De La Soul and right. the Beastie Boys. Um, so, you a know, funky blues, yeah. rock and roll, yeah, really heavily rooted in those Delta blues and also rock and roll and a lot of elements of hip hop. You know, I grew up in Philadelphia, um, uh, so I was, you know, kind of getting teasing. into my te my teenage years in the 80s, right when uh, hip hop first started hitting. So we were kind of the first, you know, kind of white boy generation to kind of hear this new exciting sound coming out of the 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 ghettos of Philadelphia, New York and um and kind of wow it was really became the sound of of our generation, right? And right. and ended up and at first hip hop was of course uh you know music made in the neighborhood for people of the neighborhood and it, it's it's such a powerful Art, you know, art form and, and musical expression that it spread like wildfire, and, and now it's a part of every music. And um, and so, in the, in the early '80s, you know, we getting hip to records like Eric B and Rakim and Houdini and LL Cool J and Run DMC, right. and then the Beastie Boys. And it was always a black thing. I, I remember um, I, I was in this basketball league in Philly and I was one of three white kids in the whole league and one of them was my manager another mm -hmm. one was one of my other best friends but you know so uh, we really got uh, you know kind of integrated into the you know the urban and the, the African American culture of uh, Philadelphia at a young age and uh, I remember this one day we are at practice or whatever uh, right before a game and my buddy comes up he goes you know, uh, here, put these headphones on. And mm -hmm. and he played me this song, and it was the Beastie Boys, Hold It Now, Hold It Now, Hit It. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. He goes, yeah, those boys, those are white boys just like you. And I was like, no. -uh. He's like, yeah, they're white just like you. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And then, you know, everybody, and then, of course, like, the Beastie Boys just came on, and their whole attitude and vibe just really caught on and kind of exploded. Right, what Run DMC did even more into the masses, and um, so, and then I think honestly, you know, I mean, you know, you, you talk about the the social and the racial part of it because it, it is, and it was like I said, it was a black music, but then when the Beastie Boys kind of broke through, um, then you say, well, I guess this music goes beyond skin color, and and anybody who's feeling it can kind of do it, right. So years later, that became a, uh, that did become a, a part of my music, and um, you know because I kind of grew up in it in the hip hop of Philadelphia, which was break dancing and basketball and um, graffiti writing, and then later skateboarding and um, well, a lot of your stuff that I see is, is you do your own graffiti. Yeah, you know you your social media is crazy. And I, I've seen you just go all over and tag 
V-Love and the guitar handle. I don't, yeah. What do you call the top? The, of the oh, the harmonica. The, yeah. yeah. And just all over the place, man. It's like, oh my God, I'm cruising down the street in LA. And all of a sudden I see, oh, G-Love was here. <laughs> yeah, I always have my Magnum markers with me backstage and I always have had them. Um, yeah, that was like an early memory with the Beast of the Beastie Boys impact was, you know, it'd be Friday night, it'd be in ninth grade. So I guess we're 15 years old and, you know, getting ready to, honey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, nothing, Ma. Well, you know, we're just going out skateboarding. And we'd go out skateboarding and get our spray paint, which we stashed in the bushes at the park down the street <laughs> and then go out tagging. But I just remember those, those nights sitting in front of my little boombox with the license to ill uh, cassette tape in there just with my stomach churning with, you know, being so nervous to go out and write graffiti and, you know, get chased by the cops and stuff. And, um, and that, that, that was an early Beastie Boys memory, but, um, yeah, you guys were yeah. kind of thugs, man. Thug well, life started I, early. With I, you guys. Don't know. I don't know if I'm much of a thug, but <laughs> yeah, but we were into that, that whole culture and, um, you know, cause it was exciting and it was new. Um, so that became, later became a part of the music, but you know, on the musical side, so there was that one kid that was doing all the hip hop stuff and living that, and then the other side of me was a kid who was taking folk guitar, right. acoustic guitar lessons, uh, and through the folk music I found playing a harmonica, and and then, um, and 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 I was started writing songs and influenced by Bob Dylan. Right, who, and with Johnny Cash, uh, obviously. Johnny Cash. You got a, a big resemblance to him. <laughs> and right on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so one day, um, so the hip hop never really entered my music until one night, so I was heavy into the blues and I became a street musician um, at the end of high school. Like guitar open on the street, yep. hat on the ground, yep. whatever, guitar case. Yeah, have a guitar case out on the ground. Um, and, you know, it, it was always a very, like, uh, it was a gig. You know, right. a lot of people look at street musicians and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a homeless person. Well, sure. no, it's it's really an artist or entertainer. And they're, that's how they do make their living. I never really supported myself as a street musician, but I looked at it as, you know, a way for me to hone my craft. And, and so I would be out there, my friends would go out partying on Friday. I'd say, hey, I'm gonna go out party on the street. And I might, uh, so my best night out in Philly was, I made 60 bucks, a joint, two beers and a cigarette. That was back, <laughs> that was back in the 80s, yeah? Yeah, man. And I was, was like, whoa, if I can make, I mean, that was a lot of loot for a teenage kid, you Hell know? Yeah. Um, and actually that same night, it was just this epic night and there was this epiphanous moment when I'm sitting out there kind of towards the end of the night, feeling loose, feeling the vibe of the Philly streets. And, uh, and at the end of one of my songs, I started rapping the lyrics for Eric B and Rakim's uh, famous song, Paid in Full. So right. I started rapping that rap over my riff. You know, thinking of a master plan. Oh. And, um, and then at that moment I knew, Holy shit, I'm the first. I must be the only white kid in the world playing a slide guitar, a dobro, and rapping at this very moment. And, I bet you were. Too. And I, th I, I know I was. And, uh, and that's when I knew I, I had something. Right. That's good. That's yeah. good. Um, you know, I've, I remember a couple of years ago, I went and uh, hung out with you in Austin. 
South yeah. by Southwest, remember that? Yeah. We were, you were playing at Stubbs. Yeah. And it's amazing, you know, it was so many bands playing in Austin, but the line to see you was crazy. The buzz all over town was G-Love, G-Love, G-Love's playing at Stubbs, man, I gotta go see him. And once I started uh, bringing you here, you know, you kind of got me as a, as a promoter over here, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those random things where, you know, we're just cruising, having fun, and we're yeah. surfing, and then it's like, fuck those. I'm not going to see it. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to see you again for a minute. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's have some fun. If I'm going to come to Hawaii, let's make some music and make some money. Yeah. And spread the love. Yeah. And sure enough, man, we have, like, just this last week, week and a half, We've done a statewide tour. Yeah. And it's sold out every single show. And you've Thanks got to the people of Hawaii. The people of Hawaii love you. The people of the world love you. And, and we've had so many special guests jump up on stage. Everybody's so excited. We've had Jack Johnson, which you have you know, a huge relationship with. Yeah. And have done lots of records together. And um, Paula Fuga jumped in there. Yeah. You know, we've had... 11-time world champion Kelly Slater and it's because of Kelly Slater that you and I are actually friends yes you know it goes way back we'll get to that in a little while but um, who else Kelly James uh, Kelly James was a great freestyler yeah he's a great uh, musician and we've we've done it every time I'm playing in a in a cool place whether it's Costa Rica or Hawaii or uh, the Bahamas, he I, he seems to be playing as well. Right, so he's got that whole run into Kelly. He's got that whole resort gig yeah. dialed in, and he's just killing it. And I, uh, uh, I did see Donovan Frankenrider, my musical compadre, but he was uh, headed over to the mainland for some of his own shows, so we didn't get to jam, but we did hang. Right. And who else did we jam with? Oh, well, we did uh, that show at Fleetwoods. Fleetwoods. Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. And so. He was all ready to go, and yeah. um, that one went really, really well. You know, we're doing one tonight right yeah. here in Kona at Daylight Mine Coffee Company. Yeah. And, and you know, Dan, Dan, uh, Dan Brower. Dan Brower is going to come sit in with his band. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a testament to um, our fans are the best. You know, and uh, uh, it's always been a thing with our band. Like either you know who we are, or no, either you never heard of us, or or you love us. Yeah. Uh, it seems like because there's a lot of people that uh, and I think it's because the kind of success we've had over the years um, or the level that we've been at we never got you know so hugely commercially successful that um, it was kind of force fed down you know people's throats or into their ears um, so I think that uh, over the years, people who have found out about our music kind of found out about it word of mouth or stumbling upon it in some way. Right. And there's, I think there's a certain power to that because, you know, if you, you know, any, like you or I, if you discover some kind of music, you feel like you really own it. And if no one else knows about it, it's like your own secret. So I feel like a lot of people over the years have found out about us in this grassroots way. And, and therefore, there's a lot of real love for the people that do know the music. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's talk about how when um, you and I met, oh my God, we uh, met through Kelly Slater. Yeah, I happened to run Kelly's celebrity event in Tavarua, Fiji, and you were one of the guests. Actually, it was way back in the beginning because it was an MTV deal right. that we did here on the Big Island. Right. And 
oh my gosh, we had everybody from Incubus there. And Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> you dated Ashley once, didn't you? <laughs> no, we were just friends. <laughs> she's a great girl. She's, yeah, she's super cool. And um, yeah, and so, you know, you and I just hit it off. We became friends right off the bat. We both like to get fucked up and, <laughs> and make people laugh. And we both surf. Yeah, we and, try. And we try really hard, you know. We got <laughs> friends that are really fucking good. They're really good. And we suck. But anyway. <laughs> no, we love it. This is we much love it. And I remember two years ago, um, you and I were at restaurants yeah. over in Tavaro. Yeah. It's bombing. It's my birthday. Yeah. Of course, everybody was claiming it was my 50th birthday. <laughs> you know, I was well away from that. Yeah, you were 48. Yeah, I was 48. <laughs> And uh, just me and you were out there on the water. It was like four to five feet. And uh, I remember I dropped in on this one wave and I got like the sickest barrel on my yeah, wave. Yeah. You were paddling back out. Yeah. You were just like, yeah, <laughs> And then I get off, I kick out of the wave, and then I turn around and I see you drop in. And you're a big dude. How tall are you? I'm 6'4". Yeah, 6'4", yeah. man. And I see you drop in on this wave and just get the barrel of your life. The first real barrel of my life. Dude, you were stuffed, you were standing tall so and loving it. Dude, yeah. it was awesome. Awesome. So what, what got you into surfing? How long have you been surfing? Actually, I, the three things that I think I'm, I'm okay at, or at least I love, are music, basketball, and surfing. And I started those all when I was around eight years old. And surfing, the surfing's been great because, um, you know, I, I did surf my whole life, uh, <clears throat> spending some summers at the Jersey Jersey Shore, and actually, it's a big. Are there waves there? Yeah, I mean, nothing like Hawaii, but it there there's waves, and there's a lot of great surfers from the East Coast. Yeah. You know, Kelly Slater, um, to name one of the great, uh, the the best ever. But um, we'll get him on the show one day. <laughs> you better clean up your act. Do it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> it's debauchery. Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he better get it down. <laughs> You're right, but um. No, but, you know, the surfing did play a big part in my music over the years. Um, you know, we talked about Jack Johnson earlier, and, of course, I'm on... I just released my sixth full-length record with Brushfire Records, which Jack is Johnson. Jack Johnson's label. Right. The record's called Love Saves the Day, and, um, of course, I met Jack through uh, a surfing buddy that I grew up with in Avalon, New Jersey named Scott Sowens and Scott's uh, is a really well known kind of world famous surf photographer, skateboard mm -hmm. photographer and even fashion photographer now. Um, he's had a terrific career and which continues strongly and actually um, Scott called me in 1998 when I was out in LA and I was staying at Topanga Canyon at the Topanga Topanga Ranch Canyon Topanga Topanga up in Malibu the Topanga Canyon Ranch Motel which is this really shitty little dive hotel which Gross I used hotel. to love and all the rooms smelled like cat piss and you know they had dirty sheets but I don't know I always like to stay Indian there curry <laughs> <laughs> so Scott called me up and said hey man I know you're out making your record there's a buddy of mine this kid Jack Johnson who is a surf filmmaker and uh, he writes these great songs and he's got this song called Rodeo Clowns and you gotta hear it 
all right, come bring them on through. We'll have a jam before I got to go to the studio today. So they come by. We went for a surf at Flat Topanga that day. It was just the three of us. And then we went back. I remember it also clear. We went back to the my spot and uh jack said well hey do you want to jam he said i know you do this as a living so if you don't want to jam i don't want to you know impose right. on you and i said no man that's what i love to do let's jam so yeah. we started trading songs and um you know i'll never forget that moment because here's this kid who's just a you know a good surfer nice guy Dude, he, he, a lot of people don't even know that jack johnson grew up on the beach at, at pipeline yeah and he surfs pipeline so well oh yeah so well, yeah. dude, just as good as any pro out there. And uh, anyhow, Jack started whipping out these tunes, and um, the thing that really struck me was it was so effortless. His performance, mm -hmm. his performance, his voice was like butter. Butter. His songs, the lyrics, and you instantly felt a connection to the lyrical content of, of each song, and they're very visual as well. And I'm thinking, so one part of me is saying, well, this kid's pretty cool. And another part of me is over here, like, you know, shitting my pants saying, Jesus, this kid is like a, who is this guy? Like, he's a, he's a star. And so I had him play that song, Rodeo Clowns, a couple times. And I kept saying, play that one again, play that one again. And, um, and yeah, we jammed for a couple hours. And then I said, hey, do you have a demo? He had a demo of Rodeo Clowns. I went up. So my producer, who's T-Ray, who produced like Cypress Hill, Double X Posse, a lot of old hip-hop, um, produced some of Carlos Santana's big record, and he was really in the prime of his career then as well, and I said, listen to this demo, and we both agreed, well, let's get him in the studio, so right. I called Jack, I said, hey man, it's G, uh, we really love this tune, we wanna, I'd love to cut it for my record, and he says, well, let me think about it. And I said, oh, okay. Well, you know, don't think too long because you know, we got the studio for a couple more days. Let me know tomorrow. Right. So he calls me back tomorrow. He goes, well, uh, what if we did it as a collaboration? Well, I had never really done that before. I said, uh, all right, okay, well, let's do it. So we went in the studio, and this is his first time in the studio. So it's a big Hollywood studio and my A&R guy, this guy Michael Kaplan from Epic Records was in there, mm -hmm. big producers, blah, 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 we go in, um, you know, he nailed it. We had the song and the live performance of us playing guitar and then Jack sang it live. So we had two guitars live, he sang his vocal live, then he doubled it um, and then I put another vocal on top of it. but. Before that, we just had the demo of it with just his voice on it. And um, I did an intro and a freestyle at the end. And I, then I really had a tough time because his performance was so great. Right. And, and I was like, man. Um, and I, I remember I called him, I said, and I was struggling to get his vocal flow down, right? Because I had to do it in, in unison with him. Right. right. So it had to be my performance had to be on point, but this was his style of flowing, right? Uh -huh. So it's different than what I was used to. So um, I called him and I was getting really frustrated. Um, and I said, and my manager was like, no, you have to practice this and get this right and do this song. It's a great one. You should be on your record of you singing it. And, uh, and I didn't feel, I felt weird about it. I called Jack and I said, hey man, um, you know, 
you have a hit here on your hands. I'm, I have, I play guitar with it on you. You know, I was like, you could take this demo and go get a record deal with any record label, I guarantee you. And I want you to take your song and, and do it yourself and have a big hit. And he said, man, I really want to do it with you. Right. I want you to do it. And he was, Did Donovan jump in with you? No, no, no. I, I hadn't met Donovan then for a couple of years after that. But then, so, you know, with Jack kind of pushing me on, um, then I said, all right, well, then I did. I, I honed my performance in. We got the take done. And it ended up being a single on the record. Now, I remember my A&R guy, Michael Kaplan, who, who's big time. He signed Living Color. He signed Allman Brothers to a later deal. He later signed Modest Yahoo, and he signed us, Keb Mo, um, Anders Osborne, and just Lots. a lot of people uh, over the years. Uh, and I'm not even naming half of them. But um, I said to Michael, I said, man, you need to sign him, sign Jack Johnson to a record deal today because you know he's going to be huge. Yeah, and he goes, well, is he a star? And I said, well, God, when you think about Jack, he's not like a rock star like you think of Elvis or you know so, uh, you know Adam L Levine or something like that right. he's the his rock star that makes his own vibe and is this laid-back connection with the whole world so uh, either gonna get it like the millions and millions of people around the world have got it or you're just gonna say well he doesn't dance well his, <laughs> his style of music um, was <clears throat> Not what anybody was listening to right. at that time. And, well, yeah. and when he came out, it was out of it was rootsy, it, it was, was raw, exactly. it was real. Exactly, and people were like, "Oh my God, I can do that!" And it right. all of a sudden, the whole music business just changed at that point. I mean, he changed he changed shit overnight with his approach to recording and performance and being so laid back and not having anything to do with any kind of ego, just. You know, reaching the people in this real way, and you know, making people feel good about life, and but also thinking, you know, giving people something to think about. So right. he was a he's had a very important artist. And then you know, the last thing I'll say about Jack is that he's aside from you know helping my career because later he got so big that he had he started his record label, mm -hmm. and I happen to have just been dropped by Sony after nine eleven when they cleared house and. Jack and his manager Emmett Malloy uh, later signed us and they signed Donovan and Matt Costa and ALO and others um, but you know the thing about Jack is that he's anything I ever did to help him early on he's repaid me a million times and continues to be a, a friend and a strong supporter and on top of that like all a lot of musicians talk about saving the world and he actually does it I mean he's donated you know tens of 20s millions. of millions of dollars to uh, you know to helping uh, environmental education mm -hmm. and environmental projects in the Hawaiian Islands and From around the world cycling yep. to you name it you know he has big festivals where he just donates everything yeah like oh they we were out on the road with him for his tour that one year and he did he donated his whole uh, all the profits from the tour went to uh, his foundation, which does what I mentioned, environmental education and environmental projects all around the world, right? And they raised over twenty-five million dollars just that summer. Wow, so you get crazy. an idea about 
how much he's giving back. He's not <laughs> driving a Ferrari. He's driving a, a Tesla. Well, yeah, he's driving a Tesla now, which is, um, you yeah. know, it's 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 a nice car, but it's it's good for the environment. And before right. that, he was driving a minivan when he was pulling down that kind of loot. So he's not a flashy guy. He's he's a real guy, and he cares about the right things. Yeah, but so do you. Well, I try to. And the right things, are, <laughs> and the right things are your fans, man. Yeah, man. Because you have showed more love to your fans. You know, you get out there. You're you're welcoming to everyone. You're not afraid to get out there and meet everybody and shake everybody's hands and give them a hug and take a picture with them. And you know, they're the people that have made you, and that's why they keep coming back. You know, yeah. eight, nine, ten, twelve times, fifty, fifty times. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, the, the love that, I, I don't know, like for me, it's like, I think probably the biggest problem I have is actually getting off the stage. Like, cause I, when I really get into it, which I, you know, I hope I, I hope I do every show. I mean, I, I love playing music. I love um, they're having to kick you off stage, dance. bro. Yeah, but they're like, so dude, many dude, hey, it's it's like two o'clock, man. Uh, you started at nine. Yeah, so I, it's <laughs> something I. It's a double-edged sword because part of me has always been like, well, a lot of my teams always like, man, you really, you, you, you shouldn't play so long. You know, keep people wanting more. Uh, and, and there's a lot to that, and it's something I do have to work on. But then part of me is like, hey, man, I want to, I want to. If these people want to dance, and even if. Not the whole crowd wants to dance that long. I mean, I'm saying if people want to dance and hang out and play music, I hate saying goodbye, man. Right. I love to be there. I love to play music for the people. And, you know, we put everything we have into every show. And, and I think that that's something that people feel. I, well, I hope so, you know. Yeah, a lot of people, they're like, oh, it's just G-Love and it's a solo tour. He doesn't have special sauce with them. And then they get out there and they're like, holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, they're blown away. They're like... What the hell did this guy just do? Yeah, this solo because you do everything. You've got tam foot tambourine. Yeah. You've got a foot stomper. Yeah. You know, you've got uh, harmonicas, a couple of different guitars. Yeah, you know, you're just out there rocking it, dude. Yeah, you're like a one man band. It, that's it, and that, that comes you're from like being a street on the street corner. That's it. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> like, well, yeah, like uh, you know, the, the so we do about probably three quarters of the year on the road we do with the band and then um the other 25 percent i do solo shows and man i started doing them um, i've always like I, like i said i started as a solo acoustic performer mm -hmm. and about i don't know i think it's been about five or seven years ago i started kind of doing more and more acoustic shows mm -hmm. and i just found that the um Something different happens. It's funny. I figure, well, are people going to dance? Well, actually, it seems like they dance even harder at the acoustic shows. There's something that happens at the acoustic shows, not taking anything away from my band, which is the best band in the world, but there's something about this acoustic show that uh, is just a connection with the people. They like the rawness of it. They can feel the energy. I can take it musically you know, wherever I want to go at the drop of a dime. Right. And, um, it's just a good vibe, so I think uh, it's it's been great, and here we are, you know, on a second uh, second annual foot stomping street side Hawaiian blues, blues tour. tour. <laughs> Sold it out, top to bottom again. And they loved us so much that they, they like, keep calling Damn. us back. Okay, we're calling you back. I'm sorry, I'm just calling the you. promoter, man. And uh, you know, look at where we are right now. We're at a freaking five star resort, Kohaneiki. Oh, it's you know, right on the yeah. Kona coast, um, world class golf course that you know 
Oh yeah, dude. no one knows. Everybody knows. Everybody I can walk through my own show and no one knows. Ever. But I mean, like let's see. One time we were pulling into Avalon, New Jersey, for a gig. We we're playing actually the surf contest, which was for a buddy of mine that um, named Brendan Borak who passed away when he was 18 and it was of leukemia and it was just a, a really tragic event in our in our hometown in our right. surf uh, community in Avalon and so we would have a big contest and concert in his honor and to raise money for the foundation that his mother started to help families um, with cancer um, uh, victims in their family to you know, when when someone gets cancer, right? They a lot of times the the family stops. Like they can't go to work. They got to right. take care of uh, their child or their uh, spouse, and and a lot of stuff like you know paying the bills and getting dinners and stuff starts falling to the wayside. So they the High Tides Memorial Foundation would um, you know help other families. So anyway, we. We were doing this concert, so of course we're pulling into town, and I got this '63 Chevy Nova, and we're pulling off the causeway from Philly, and you know, just smoking a joint in the car, and <laughs> pull into town and do a wide turn onto the main drag, and that was on 30th Street, and then by the time we got to 9th Street, we hear whoop whoop, so we're pulled up in front of my parents' house. Oh shit! The dog, <laughs> the dog hears me come up, she starts barking, and the cops pull me over right in front of my parents' house, like underneath their bedroom window. And of course, they searched the car, found a joint, and we said, hey man, you know, I'm G-Love, we're playing the benefit tomorrow, so the nice police officers let us let us off, so that, that time, that time they helped me out. But <laughs> Did you get to keep the joint? I, I don't think they took it, but um, <laughs> man, there was another, there was one time though that, uh, you know, um, that we were, this is a pretty famous story in our crew, but we were traveling uh, from San Diego to Arizona right mm -hmm. now. So there's a lot of different roads or a couple different highways you could take. All the bus drivers know not to take this one highway because eight. they... I think it's eight, yeah. It's the one that they have a lot of immigration checkpoints. Eight, yeah. Which basically enables them to pull over everybody and anybody who they want. Right. So on this day, we're in our bunks and it's probably seven or eight in the morning. Now we played a show the night before, so we were up till two or four. And uh, fucking rock stars, yeah. Course. So, we we um, the road manager, hey guys, wake up. The bus is being boarded by uh, state cops with dogs. Oh, shit. well, we had just come from Humboldt County in Oregon, <laughs> and it was October, which is harvest time, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, that same guy, Johnny V, I talked about a couple times, was now out in Oregon growing herb, and I had personally on my possession more marijuana than I've ever had before or after <laughs> like in a bag in my bunk and, and we, uh, we, we all know about how good that humble weed smells oh uh, yeah and it's strong so oh, you yeah. know we so it's funny man so the next thing you know we're all out on the side of the Arizona highway in the desert with sunglasses pajamas Messed up hair and flip flops. That could have been an album cover. Oh right my there. god! And we called ourselves the Arizona Seven. <laughs> so then they lined us up on the side, uh, and I had a, um, I had a, uh, a song I wrote about this rap, and it was like, now I'm on the side. Of, what was it? I'm on the side of the road, 
It's hot as molasses. I got flip flops, pajamas, and no sunglasses. <laughs> and we're sitting out there. You know, you wake up in the morning after no sleep. You're just like a mess. Oh, yeah. You know, no coffee, no sleep. Man, they put, they put us all seven of us in the back of this little tiny pickup truck, where literally uh, the road manager was lying across. The road manager was lying across our laps, and my little sound guy or light guy was lying across the other row of laps. Right. And they kept us in there for two hours. Of course, they searched the whole bus. They got all the weed uh, and um, made us late for sound check. The show did go on, and it cost me, you know, ten grand to get everybody off. But Jeez, that was tough. That was, I mean, those things, are the funny things that happen at the time, they're not funny. You know, you're, you're worried and you're, you're very concerned, to put it lightly. But right. then over the years, it's, it's pretty funny. Hey, what about chicks, dude? <laughs> you know, what's, it, what's it like being a rock star? Are you pulling chicks? What's the deal? You're, what, 44 years old right now? I'm, 40, I'm 43, dude. 43? Yeah. Okay, my bad. I think you were calling me 50. <laughs> So back at you. Yeah, but, but uh, chicks, dude, you got. You, I'm, I'm at your shows. <laughs> you got the hottest chicks lining up the front, just going ah, all well, in love with you. My drummer said at at some of our our very first gigs playing the Irish pubs in Boston. He goes, "All we gotta do is get a couple chicks to come to the show because you get a couple chicks there dancing, and then all of a sudden the fellas start coming because they want to see the chicks." Right. So the more chicks you have at the show, the more fellas you're gonna have at the show, and the more people you have at the show. So that was always the goal, and you know we 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 um, I think uh, yeah, I mean we've had a great yeah, our fan base has been a lot of hot chicks over the years, aside from just a lot of great people, and um, yeah, I mean for sure, I mean there's you know it's like a um, it's a double-edged sword. I mean right. in seriousness, it's like you know there's a lot of as my drummer calls it uh you know there's a lot of traps traps of the trade out there because you know you're on the road a lot and yeah there's opportunities to you know meet a lot of women and have some great fun nights and of course i had plenty you know right and um i'm not even a rock star and i have them all the time. <laughs> I'm a fucking man or <laughs> but, 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 but at the same time you know it's tough because you know then you can wake up years later and it's hard to have a, a relationships um, on the road because there's always going to be that jealousy factor where your girlfriend or your wife is going to be worried about what's going on when she's not there, right? And then you also have the thing where it's easy if you were a cheater to, right. to do that and start not feeling bad about it at all yeah. because you're so far away from home. Yeah. You got, a, girl, had, you got a girlfriend now? Yeah, I have a girlfriend now. And yeah. She's pregnant and... Nice. And so things have things have changed for me, and um, it's pretty late in life for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking grandpa! <laughs> no, you're a grandpa. Yeah, Who's the pop? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, there, there's, there was a lot of good times. So where do you see your music going? But you got to watch out because it'll beat you up. Because you're ready to talk about music. I'm still talking about it. The chicks. The, the, the chicks. Chicks and the family. <laughs> no, I, but I would say. Me, I, I love to talk about the chicks, but I don't okay. want everybody out here going. Oh, yeah. All they talk about. Those, those, those are debauchery, dude. He's a perv. He's a perv. They already are saying that. They already know that. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows, oh, my God. 
This guy's got no filter, talks about but, tits and ass all day long. Yeah, I would say it's a advice to young musicians that are on the road. I mean, you know, you have to watch your energy, right? You, you have to, it's kind of a sacred thing that, that's kind of a tough thing to put a finger on. But, you know, put it like this, you got to keep your health mentally and emotionally and physically, uh, you know, stable and positive on the road. And a lot of times I did find, you know, you know, there were some tours, especially when I was a kid. I was you know, 20, 20, 22 years old, 23 years old, riding around all around the world, getting into all kinds of crazy stuff and, you know, sleeping around a whole lot. And, you know, it kind of burns you out. And then you come off a tour and you're like, you feel like you just got run over by a truck. And emotionally, you feel like that, too. I felt like that the last two weeks, bro. Hey, <laughs> yeah, but I've been going to build my girlfriend. Yeah. I've been going home with a few different girlfriends. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you got to keep it tight. You got to keep it tight. You got you to gotta wrap it up, too. What is, um, you know, your, what do you start off with before the show? What's your favorite drink? Ah. Uh, well, you got to hydrate. You got to drink plenty of water, but um, I kind of... Um, the next day. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, there's another thing. You know, you know, the, I think for me, I do like to have a drink or two. I like to have a drink before I go on I got to take the edge off. I got to take the edge off because I, I, I get, get very nervous. I stage in front of you and yeah. before you yeah. and announcing you to the crowd. Yeah. And I'm nervous as Fuck, dude! Are yeah, you kidding me? I get nervous as fuck every night. And I gotta do a shot and have a cocktail. It's like yeah, and you know, I think sometimes I'm gonna be honest. It could be a crutch, um, and you know, of course, there's plenty of shows uh, every once every couple of years where I don't have a drink before the show. Right, and uh, and you know, those shows are great as well. Um, and and it, it's something you you also have to keep an eye on because I, I do feel like you know you're, you're in a party atmosphere people are partying and you want to be loose and you want to let go of your inhibitions well, that's the, you're also your style of music too right you know you you have a party music yeah you yeah. know you got yeah. these people that are are dude they're dancing their brands out mm-hmm. they're having fun yeah and they want to see and you and you're partying that, yeah you're you know? partying with them but uh, you know at the same time you don't want to party too much that you forget your lyrics or right. you're making mistakes. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that's happened to me. Um, and Axl Rose. Plenty of times. I mean, it happens to everybody. If you, you know, uh-huh. And, you know, you, you got to be careful because you don't want to do some stupid shit on stage that you forget. So you got to have a balance and kind of if you like to have a drink or two or whatever you like to do to get you in the mood to be up on stage in front of Something people, going. you got to do it strategically. And everybody has their own thing, you know. I like to. So my thing is, I I like to pound a Red Bull and Don Julio, kind of before I go on stage, and um, and that kind of gets me in the zone. And then really, I don't really drink too much during the show, um, and and then sometimes I, I like to maybe take a hit off a joint. Uh, during the intermission. During the intermission, and 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 honest, and you might say, oh, well, yeah, whatever, you know. But it really does kind of. Uh, I, I don't like to smoke pop before I play because then I find I get too much in my head. Right. So I like to get get a rapport with the crowd, get engaged in playing my instrument, get a sweat on, get into the flow of the whole night, and then I take a 
hit off a joint, you know, not too much, and then it really can take me into a, a euphoric and spot which, with the which music. Is good because you, that's your second set, right? Is when you're usually bringing in your guests. And yeah, it, or it, even it, just taking the, it to another. Like you do a thing in the first set, you're making your presentation, and the second set's really kind of taking off into this whole other realm and that's kind of always my goal so that I want to feel at the end of my set I want to feel like wow I want to feel euphoric and yeah. it's a music induced trance right and it's a powerful thing so that's the thing I strive for every night yeah it's it's awesome just sitting out there watching you because like I said man I've got being a promoter on on this side I've got all the managers going oh my god it's late we gotta get him off stage and you're like Two more songs, which is like five more songs. You know? Yeah, like I said, it could be a problem. <laughs> it just ends up being a lot of fun. And um, what do you like to do when when you're when you're not playing? Well, I like to when I'm not playing. I still like to play music, and um, you know, surfing is. Uh, if I do get a chance to go on a trip or something, I try to go on a surfing trip. I, I also like I'm a you were just in Costa Rica. Yeah, that was for a surfing trip and a benefit gig. So um, I also like I'm a pretty avid fisherman. Uh, I know I've caught fish with you, dude. You're yeah. really good. Well, you no, no, you're you're. We're gonna fish tomorrow. Uh, when I'm fishing with you and on the boats and stuff, like I haven't done too much fishing. I, I fish mostly like I go actually paddle. Well, actually, I have a a. a a paddle, a fishing paddle board called the Fish On. Yeah, yeah. Available from Delta paddle boards out of um, California. And yeah, that's something I like to do in Cape Cod where we spend our summers now when we're off the road is, you know, get on my paddle board and go out there. And is it all set up so you can troll? No, I don't troll, but I'll take my fly rod or a spin rod. And go rod. out to the seaweed beds go out to stuff. the seaweed beds and like the little channels in the marsh yellowtail well, dude this is east coast oh striped bass okay striped bass. Stripe bass yeah ah, so striped bass that. and bluefish so okay. do a lot of that and then uh, a lot of fly fishing when i go through colorado and utah and yeah whenever i can you know get a rod in my hand other than it's a good day, right? Spin that thing. No, but yeah, like fishing, uh, surfing, uh I'll, you know I love to uh, you know, I love being a dad. Um, yeah, you were a dad. Eight. My fourteen year old boy is the joy of my life and I got another son on the way right now um i do love being a dad that's been the most incredible journey in my life right and my son you know i'm sure all parents feel the same way it just makes you proud and inspired every day to see their growth and um it's just an amazing journey and you know family is really important to us food cooking i hear um, you're an incredible chef yeah from what you've told me well <laughs> Maybe not a chef, but I love to cook it up, and I do love to chef it up. And you know, food's a big part of our family. And actually, right. you know, it's, we have our hot sauces. G loves hot sauce. Incredible hot sauce. I use that on all my food. You can get it on www.glovehotsauce.com. Um, but yeah, there's. Uh, I need another case, by the way. Okay, you got it. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, yeah, those are the things that 
make up who I am and keep yeah. the music going. And now we got a show tonight once once again at Daylight Mine Coffee Company. Um, you're about to blow the socks out off this place. I think we have special guest Anuheya that's oh. going to jump in with us. Cool. Um, she's just an amazing artist right here in Hawaii. Cool. She's got a whole everything about her. You know, beautiful voice. Um, so it's gonna, it sounds like it's going to be fun. I've been trying to get Kelly Slater to get his butt back over here, <laughs> but he's not answering in my texts. He's in a tube, dude. Oh, my God. He's getting barreled <laughs> off his ass. <laughs> I just wish he would, you know, pull us into that. Have you seen this new wave pool? I have, man. I, I, uh, I am fully available to play the opening party. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I'll manage that for a moment. I mean, it's unbelievable. But I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, if we could finish up uh, with, can you, you want to bust out a song real quick? Yeah, we could do that. And then uh, we'll just wrap it up. Also, want to thank Kona Brew Pub. Um, they've sponsored this whole tour with uh, their killer beers, which we're drinking right now. I got a pretty good buzz on right now. But yeah. So, um, and once again, Kohaneiki for having us here. And it's an incredible place. And I think the surf's going to pick up tomorrow. So we'll, you know, we're going to be out there in the water. We're going to yep. be fishing and surfing and, uh, yeah, having a good time. So. And I'm going to thank my sponsors, uh, Canaan Sunglasses, uh, Delta Paddle Boards, mm -hmm. um, Billabong, mm -hmm. and uh, G Loves Hot Sauce. Yeah. Dozer Dave, debaucherous productions. Debaucherous. Is that also, shouts out to our uh, Kauai and Maui promoter as well, Dove Presents. Dove Presents, absolutely. Um, and thanks to all the people that made this trip so special. Uh, Shane Dorian Shane. and his family, oh Kelly Slater, yeah. uh, Jack Johnson and his family, Donovan Frankenreiter, his family. Um, Paul Fuga, Paul Fuga, Kelly James, Kelly James, Mishka, Mishka. Oh my! There's, there's and who else? There's, there's all the wonderful people that have joined Dan us. Brower. Dan Brower to make this such a special trip. And aloha, mahalo to all people in Kona and around the world listening to this. Thank you so much for the love. And check out our new record, G Love, a special sauce. Love saves the day. Yeah, the new song Muse you just did with Citizen Copia. Yeah, yeah. That song rocks. I'm going to be playing that tonight. All right. So, G, you're going to do a song from your new record, Love Saves the Day. What yeah. are we going to do? This song called Pick Up the Phone. All right.
All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, join us for another episode coming soon. And uh, we'll just end it off right here. Aloha. Mahalo.